and welcome to the Premier League Review Show. I'm Gav Mack, that's Stephen Cotton up front with me, this is two up top of course, and in behind in the number 10 position is Ed Hall. Hello gentlemen. Hello. Oh, well, Hello. I, can see, I, can, I can see Ed instantly, the grown adult that he is, that when you said in behind, I saw him being like, hmm. He knows me so that. well. I picked up on it. He loves mm. it, absolutely loves it. Hey, um, before we uh, continue, as always, we go through the housekeeping. You can follow us on all social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch as well, I believe, at Top Football. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And also the other links are down in that bottom corner, um, just down there alongside Ed. Right then, uh, nothing much to talk about. So let's talk about the... <laughs> <laughs> Bants. Um as always, there's always some a little Thanks bit of drama going in. on. See you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can subscribe to Oh, let's make me upset. Arsenal oh. Arsenal won Wolverhampton Wanderers two. Uh, the goals came from um Neto and Podence for Wolves and Gabriel had equalized. But the beginning of the game, there was a hairy, hairy moment. And luckily, we've received some news to find out that he is okay because there was a corner after about five minutes where uh, David Luiz, he was going for a header. You know, there was no malice in it, no drama, but he's, he's clattered his head into into the side, into the back of uh, Raul Jimenez. And he's gone down. And luckily, while the time it got round to around half time in the game, we discovered that he had regained consciousness and was okay. But um, um, Carton, I'll come to you first, um, just about that injury, because I know that there was yeah. a little bit of chat in the group. Yeah, it was horrible, man. Like the 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 sound you could you heard it first. Like even especially being there must have been horrible because obviously no crowd, no nothing to mask the sound. And honestly, it's it sounded like one of my friends said to me, it sounded like boots clattering together, like shin pad yeah. on shin pad. It was, it was, but I I still didn't really see it, so I didn't know if it was. Uh, did Louise go into the back of Jimenez? Was it? Yeah. I, I I just thought it was, man. Like honestly, they didn't show a replay of it, but straight away you could see. Um, while the camera did quickly go to it, like Jimenez was literally like the Undertaker, like literally he was. Eyes open, but there was no one there. It was it was really really scary, and I'm glad they've said that he's conscious. I don't know if they've said that, that there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah, I we think... don't know about that, but we do know that he's conscious, and that as, as long as as long as he's thing. conscious and fine. Um, right, right, I, right. Yeah, I will say because obviously I think this is what you're alluding to about me saying it in the group. Um, thought it was very 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 naughty that David Louise was allowed to carry on playing. Mm. Like really naughty. Like they, he he was ble- bleeding heavily, bleeding. Um, he looked like the Arsenal awesome white shirt. Yeah, Jimenez is being stretched, put in a brace, put in a recovery position. There's no way an impact like that against someone else's head doesn't give you a bit of a concussion. Um, Mm. They kept saying during the first half, it almost sounded like Sky were trying to cover their own backs because they kept saying, well, he's passed all the concussion protocols. He's passed the concussion protocols and then at halftime got took off because I'm assuming he probably didn't feel great. Now, I know obviously that a lot of the attention of the, the cameraman and stuff was on the incident and stuff did any of you see them giving david louise the concussion test and like actually no. having a look at him no. i saw them wrapping his i saw them wrapping his head up i didn't see them giving him the old how many fingers am i holding up how many shots on target no, he walked to the corner season. flag and then when the game continued he was meant to have been they indicated he was meant to have been going through that off screen the camera never cut to it though so we have no proof of it as fans yeah uh, fair enough because I, I i didn't i didn't see it but yeah the fact that he's gone off at half time anyway because of it is just, it's really naughty man it was out it's for sp- far too long to come back into the game 
Yeah, especially, especially this week we are having the discussion about dementia in football and heading in the game and stuff like that. And, and you've literally just had two people have the most sickening head collision. And you, I, I'm assuming, listen, they'll talk about this all week. I guarantee you they'll talk about this all week. But I, I'm just astounded they let, him, they let him back on the pitch. Mm. Um, into the game, uh, Wolves didn't really look that fussed um, in the game at all. I felt that they were on the front foot from the whole, from, from minute one, even after the, that mini restart. Ed, what do you, what do you, what, what are Arsenal doing? I'll tell you what it is. You have tried to eliminate your biggest crooks of the last few years, and that is conceding far too many goals. But it seems you've gone completely the opposite way. You sit back now. Mm. You, it's, the, the pressing game's gone now, isn't it? The, the, pre, the pressing game has gone. So, yes, I'm sure you concede a lot less goals, but that doesn't really mean anything if you can't score more than one. And this is actually the first goal from open play you've scored in how many minutes? Uh, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't remember exactly how many minutes, but the last goal that was scored in open play was against you, Sheffield you are, United. You seem to be set up court. like you're in knockout football, but you're not. Your task is to pick up points throughout the season. You need to take teams head on. That's why you'll probably do well in the Europa League because maybe you'll be hard to beat. But that's not good enough in a Premier League season. Do you know what I don't understand as well? Like I, I tweeted just before the well, just before the game and all the build-up. Sky were literally obsessed with Aubameyang starts through the middle for the second game running. He's a striker, man. Like he was a striker at Dortmund. Yeah, he played a few games out on the wing for Dortmund as well. Don't get me wrong. But you signed him because he was a goal scorer. He play, he's an electric, straight through the middle goal scorer. Why is it so astounding that he's playing through the middle? But here we go. Here's, here's, I've got two questions for you. And I don't mean this ability-wise, but I mean this contract situation-wise. Since he signed his contract, four shots on target, mm. right? Very Walcott-esque. Obviously, when Walcott wanted his new deal... Banging hat-tricks. Play me through the middle. They played him through the middle. Getting hat-tricks. Scoring against big clubs. Signed a thing, as, as the whole point of the thing was. What did, he, what did he do? Bub kiss. Obama Yang now is going very much... Like, what What do you think the issue with Obama Yang is? Is it confidence? Is he sick I think of getting it, shifted out? Yeah. I honestly think it is a confidence thing. He doesn't look interested anymore. And I know what Arsenal fans will be saying. They'll be like, oh, well, he's not getting any chances created for him. Well... Well, not being funny, you're on X amount of money a week. Create your own chance. You know, go and win the ball. Make yourself apparent. Make yourself interested. Arsenal fans will also be talking about Ertzil's situation. It's like, oh, well, you know, maybe if we had someone a bit more creative, you know, like Ertzil, to set up the chances, then that will happen. Ertzil ain't going to try and change things in games like how today went. Because yeah. he is a player also who plays off confidence. When Arsenal are playing well, he looks well. When Arsenal aren't playing well, you need Arsenal needs someone who's going to drag someone up, you know, by the scruff of the neck and try and take the game to them. Ertzel isn't that type of player. So uh, the way that Arsenal are playing at the moment, Ertzel would, would not be a benefit yeah. to, to the club whatsoever. If, you, if you'd have put Ertzel in that Arsenal midfield today against that Wolves midfield, he'd have got lost. He'd have been eaten alive. And do you know what? Aubameyang did have some chances today as well. He did have some chances. Yeah. Right, and, now and my second... Didn't look with him. So, so, so basically, we're, we're not saying Aubameyang's regressed. I, I would say he's stalled, which leads me perfectly into my next question. And like, this is a real big question. It's not even just to you, it's for Arsenal fans. What player or players under Arteta have improved to the point where you can say that it's the manager improving the players? 
Improved? No, nobody has improved. Everybody has either stayed still or gone backwards. The only benefit that I've seen from Arsenal at the moment has been in the Europa League when the kids turn up. So maybe it's a chance for the kids to actually show a little bit more. Nelson looked interested when he was on the on the pitch today. Willock didn't really get a chance to get involved in the game, but we know he's a good young player and a good young prospect. Saka tried to do his bit from his end. You know, so it's it's the kids that need a bit more a bit more of an opportunity in the league, but I can't see it happening. And also, we've got a, a nice and easy fixture next week against Tottenham. Uh, and, and do you know what the thing is as well? And, and I know, well, I'd say it's early doors. It, we're, we're 10 games in now, aren't we? Which is usually, which it's is usually, you know what's it's, like the, it's like the measuring stick, isn't it? So Arsenal currently are closer to 18th than they are to the, to the first. They're, they're mm. closer to relegation. And I know the table is very congested, but I just think it's, it, I think it speaks volumes of, of where Arsenal are heading at the well, moment. Arsenal, uh, Arsenal have three less points than they did at this stage last season, which was under Unai Emery. He got sacked this time last year. I don't so want to hear it, Arsenal he got sacked on 16. This day, this day oh, last year. Now. I, I don't want to hear Arsenal fans going on about Arteta, Arteta, um, noshing him off, because you know I've not been a... I'll, I'll support him, but I've never been an advocate of him. It was the wrong decision anyway. But let's talk about Wolves, because... We're harping on about Arsenal a little bit here. Let's talk about Wolves because Wolves did exactly what they needed to do. Surprisingly, they went with the back four as well, which is against against all, um, you know. Yeah, could Conor Cody play in a back four? That was the question. Honestly, do you know what? That absolutely, I wanted to pull what, what's left of my hair out. Honestly, right, <laughs> the guys are pro- how, how old is Conor Cody? 27. 27. He's a professional footballer. He's a centre back, right? And he's twenty-seven. Are you are you seriously telling me that at the age of twenty-seven, it's a massive deal for a centre back playing a back four? Like honestly, how, how, it's not groundbreaking. Played, I think if you played in the back three for a number of years and then switched to a back four, it there is an adjustment that is required. But that adjustment isn't turn up on a Sunday night for kickoff. That adjustment is six, five, six days during the week of training. And regular training, and you're telling oh, me you play eleven aside in training. You don't. You you oh, have a ten place defence. You have five aside. You defend. I mean, let's not forget. <laughs> you come. You come through the Liverpool academy. You think they would have had him trained to play a number of formations? Yeah, he was like, a midfielder. He's a midfielder. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a midfielder. Yeah, he was. So that's, that's why. That's why he's more suited to playing in the back three because he's able but to I, come I, back I, and fit in and do his little bit and move forwards. I just think a, a professional, a professional Premier League defender at that age should be able to play in a back three, a back five, a back foot, whatever it is. It, it shouldn't be too much of an ask. But I would say in this game, not that well, p- people would miss the quality of Jota, but Neto and uh, Podence—they're just so good, man. Like mm. I wouldn't say that they don't miss him, that they don't miss Jota, but they've got suitable replacements. Uh, Adama Traore actually made me like made me question myself today because he actually delivered a good cross for yeah. uh, the opening goal then Donkey he does scored. from time to time he does from time, time to time, time. he doesn't time do it time. Time. He puts so many crosses every now and then one of them yeah. is going to be really good that's yeah, what I've seen him do it last year but as we've alluded to he doesn't do it consistently the commentator made a good point Neto the way he dribbles and the way he runs with the ball is very hazard-esque you know yeah. what I mean he, he, he has a similar move to him I'm not saying he's at the same level as it was, but you can see similarities in their game. Neto's 20. We've got a lot to see from Neto. Oh, of course, but that's why I don't want to compare him to a player like Hazard because you Mm. just set them up for failure. 
Well, that's um, lovely, the fact that you mentioned Hazard, because we're going to go into that game now. Chelsea Spurs, nil-nil. Next. And next. Yeah, go on. Uh, it was, it was just, it, honestly, what, what, could, what did you expect? It was, a, it was a Tottenham team that, again, I don't know how many times that people want to attack me for saying Mourinho plays defensively. It was dull. Um, Frank Lampard came out as well and basically said that like it wasn't the game plan to sit back. What? Well, well, show me then. Like, make some changes in that game. It was both teams were so happy with the way that game was was playing out. Nobody wanted to lose. It didn't look like anyone really wanted to take the gamble and, and try and take the three points. It was it was Mourinho versus Mourinho. It looked like two teams that it was game thirty eight of the thirty eight match season. Both teams already knew where they were going to be finishing in the league. No, there was going to be no deviation to the to the Premier League table, and they just thought, right, we need to get this this out of the way. We'll try and have. But a either one of them could have gone top of the table. Both of them could have gone top of the table. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, mad like, that nobody wanted to nobody wanted to grab that chance, and like Chelsea have been there before. Spurs, surely this is the season. Like, go out and go and go go for the win, go for the jugular. But like, it was it was just. <sighs> I mean, can you can you tell me how many times did you hear Harry Kane's uh, Harry Kane's name mentioned during that game because he touched the ball or was on the ball? Mm, yeah, I, uh, I just, yeah, it's it, look. Spurs have done what they needed to do at the end of the day because they their record at Stamford Bridge is atrocious. So for them to pick up a point is a really positive point. So. Yes, they should, probably should have gone for it because we're fans of football. We want to see some entertainment and stuff. They are still top of the league, um, albeit by by a point. But it's not nice. uh, goal difference. I oh, know no, the goal difference, isn't it? It's goal difference. Yeah, which could prove key later on in the season. Do you know that peak peak Mourinho though? He he will say, and he has every right to say. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Tottenham are unbeaten in however many games they've kept, however many clean sheets, and they're top of the league. Like you can't, you can't really complain about it, can you? We might find it boring, but if you're a Tottenham fan, you can't, you can't really complain. You see, I don't find it boring. I might be weird like that. I, I, I enjoy coming up against teams like that because it's, it's like a challenge you got to break down. Yeah, but I was hoping Chelsea would would rise to that challenge today. I was expecting a yeah. nice game of football, and it was yeah, just you, you can't be expecting. Okay, if you're the home team doing that against a team who's also set up like that, that's a joke. But at the end of the day, Chelsea are two points off top. Tottenham are top. You couldn't really ask for more because both weren't expected to challenge. Maybe Chelsea a bit more, but they realistically wasn't. Mm. Let's um, mm. let's shift along nicely into the game of the day. Really, wasn't it? Oh, without a doubt. Um, yeah. Um, Southampton to Manchester United three. Now, at the beginning of this game, we all said, "Oh yeah, Southampton probably win this game." I think Ed, I did you say it's going to be a draw. It's yeah, all draw. Um, so it's close. It's all draw. Not, not far off. Not far off at all. Um, Southampton did race into a two 0 lead. Um, the goals came from from Bednarek and from from Ward Prowse. Um, Manchester United. Brought one back on just before the hour mark with Bruno Fernandes and then half-time substitute Anderson Cavani. Uh, well, he assisted the Bruno Fernandes goal and then scored a couple of headers for himself. Um, oh, I, I do want to come to Ed first on this game uh, and then and then we'll get the get the full breakdown from Stephen Cotton, our oh, Western yeah. Manchester United yeah. fan. So when Southampton 2-0 up at half-time, what tactically... 
changed for both Southampton and Manchester United in that second half for it to turn around so much? Well, Southampton didn't want to attack the game further because they risked opening spaces at the back. I mean, two goal, two, a 2-0 two lead is a comfortable lead, but as soon as they get the opener, the game's wide open for the pick-in. Manchester United only had one option to make. I thought they set up well to begin with. It was, seemed to be quite effective until the opening goal from Southampton. But the moment they were 2-0 down and Southampton were really packing the defence up, your only option is to bring on a player like Cavani who's going to make the most of the small amount of opportunities you get. But mm. I also want to give credit before we move to Cotton to Van der Beek and Bruno Fernandes, because I think from start to finish, they was a very consistent team. Yeah, both brilliant. I mean, like we alluded to before the game that we're a bit concerned with the positioning of uh, Van der Beek, whether he was going to... The, the way the team sheet lined up, it appeared that he was going to be playing out wide. But that's not his strongest position. Although, once again, we also said that he is able to play anywhere in midfield, whether it be as a CDM, as a box-to-boxer, in behind, both wings. But Van der Beek had a, had a brilliant game today. Um, Cotton, big, big victory for Man United. Big victory. Uh, do you know what, right, uh, I said this I said this uh, during the game to you two, and um, that... It was it was really frustrating because we we came out of, the, out of the blocks really well. We started the game really well, and then just the, the, the goals we conceded. It was just no Rashford losing Bednarek for the corner, um, and then Fred giving away a ridiculous a ridiculous foul on the edge of the box, uh, and then Ward Prowse scored the free kick. Now I'm not too impressed with the hair about it. Some people have said that it, he should have saved it. Some people are saying we're being harsh. Uh, I think he should do better. Uh, and, I, and I said to you at half time, I was like, we're 2 0 down against the run of play, but we deserve to be 2 0 down if that makes sense because of personal errors. Like, it's not, it's not, Ollie hasn't told them to go out there and do this, that, and the other and affect the game in, in an adverse way. But then I said, like, looking at it, it was, I said that we don't need Fred, Matic, Van der Beek, and uh, Bruno. We don't need that many central midfielders now. We need to, I said, right, get. What did I want to do? I wanted to take one of them off, put Rashford out wide, Marshall up, Mason out on one wing, and then Cavani up front. And he, and he made the change. He made he, he changed the system, and it just completely worked. Like Cavani, mm. it's just so it's such a breath of fresh air to have a striker that likes to run in behind and actually look for space and gamble on crosses. Like, That's because like, he's well, a striker. You haven't had yeah, a well, striker. Yeah, have you? What, you know, you've been playing wide men that bad can wingers, that the bad wingers overlap. Yeah, yeah. Only right, that, overlapping runs. That diving header, and especially that the winning goal, the, the ball in behind, and he gambled and got his head on it. If that ball comes over the top, Martial stands there and he turns around and, and looks at like Rashford or whoever played the ball, and he's like, like he wouldn't gamble on that. So it is, mm. it is nice to, to finally have someone that is. And listen, I was clinical, uh, clinical. I was critical about <laughs> the, the Cavani yeah. deal. Because I was like, look, he's he's a bit of a bit of a journeyman stat putter, but he has proved me wrong. He, he doesn't look he doesn't look like he's thirty something either. He the energy he had, he was playing left back at one point. He made a tackle like on the edge of our. Do box you want him to carry on as a substitute, or do you think he should no, be starting? Should be starting. We got P, we got PSG midweek right mid must win game. He is going to want to score against them so bad because oh, they, yeah. they did him dirty and he wants it, man. So he's got to start. He's got to start midweek. But this was a massive result for us. It also means um, we were the only, well now because we're in the in, in the top seven. With Leicester playing tomorrow, we were actually the only team in the top seven to pick up a win 
uh, this weekend. Everyone else drew or lost. Mm. Um, so, very. There, there was an enforced substitution at half-time. David De Gea went off and Dean Henderson made his Premier League debut for Manchester United. In a weird way, are you hoping that David De Gea is going to be out for a while to get a decent run of games for Hendo? Yeah, I, 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 we said at the start of the season that... Um, that was what was going to happen. De Gea is going to going to start, and then when once he's made his mistake or he's had a poor game or a poor run of games, and Dean comes in, and it's pretty much the same given to him. Like you're in until you don't perform. Uh, he came on. He, he did what he had to do well. Like there were some easy shots at him, but he held onto the ball. Nothing spectacular. But what I would say, even when we're two all, you could hear and see Hendo giving it to the players, lifting them up, telling them to push on. Like, literally, you couldn't hear Maguire. You want to talk about leaders on the pitch, mate. Henderson wanted it today, I'm telling you. He, he was he was the loudest person on that pitch. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I really I really hope that, that he gets the run of games now. Henderson's... Cash in on De Gea, sorry. I mean, what's to cash in? Like, uh, who who would want him now? Who who wants him for, for what money? Yeah, what big club is he going to go to? Really, I don't think every big club. Every big club has got a decent goalkeeper between the sticks. What you know, what needs to happen? He needs to go to Chelsea first, and then Arsenal will buy him when he is thirty-five. But yeah. um, um, what was I going to say? Right, yes. Yeah, so Henderson gets a decent run of games. Okay, yeah. um, then he's got to be the starting man for England in the summer, right? You'd hope so. It depends what it depends how the season pans out. If it because he could, Ollie could stick with him and he could be subpar, or he could literally have another season. If if Henderson has another season at United like he had at Sheffield United last season, it would be a travesty if he doesn't go as the England number one. Mm. And that's not just Man United bias or whatever. Like I just I, I can't watch Jordan Pickford in goal anymore, whether it's for his club or his country. I can't. I just can't do it. Even no. watching the Everton game, it literally just. Oof. Let's um, let's let, let's talk about Sheffield United. Uh, that was on Saturday night. Um, Wall uh, West Brom won, Sheffield United nil. Right, um, Conor Gallagher um, he scored after just thirteen minutes. Uh, didn't say anything exhausted about him right now. Um, West Brom, that's a big victory for them. But Ed Sheffield United, not looking good. I know. I mean, I think I've got a... We, we haven't actually decided the terms of this bet, but I said I'd back Sheffield United to stay up this year. That statement uh, becomes increasingly more risky as it goes on. This was this seemed a must-win game. A win like this against relegation rivals could have... Massive six-pointer. Mm. Yeah, it was definitely a six-pointer. Um, the thing is with Sheffield United, I still praise them so much for, for how much they defend as a unit, but they are shot of confidence now. Even I don't even think they believe they'll be able to go the whole ninety minutes without conceding a goal. They're not oh, leaking yeah. goals, but the, the, it, the whole game is based around defence, and the players they have up front are not good enough. The only player of real quality they have shouldn't be at Sheffield United. In Ryan Brewster, I think he, I think if he was playing for uh, Fulham, he'd probably score ten, thirteen goals in his first Premier League. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, because yeah. even though somebody who attacks the ball. But yeah, even though they do is they cross us into the box, and then you've got this young pacey lad who wants to is run not onto gonna, balls. He wants to run onto balls. He doesn't want to be hitting the ball down on his chest or heading it. He's, that's not Ryan Brewster. So why they've made that signing 
for the money, 20 odd million for Sheffield United. That's a, that's a massive that's waste. A lot of money. So a massive a waste when they could have brought someone who suited their system. Mm. I said at the time, man, I, I said I didn't like, I didn't like the deal. I didn't think it was good. Um, I didn't think it was. A, I said I said at the time, I didn't think it was a good fit for either party, and I still don't think it is. Um, I, feel, I really feel for Sheffield United. It's absolutely crazy to think that until the end of the well, until the restart last season, they were they were genuinely looking to finish in the top six in the Premier League. And fast forward six months, and we all had their back, didn't we? Everyone yeah, had their back. Watford, do you remember Watford were dancing around the top six that time, got to an FA Cup final, and then from there it was all went to yeah, pop yeah. and got relegated. So we, we've seen this happen before. Sheffield United are doomed, man. Like there is, there is absolutely. I could, you could put the mortgage on it now. There is, there is. You clip this because it'll come back to haunt me. But honestly, like there's, there's no way they get out of this. One point out of ten games, no way. Absolutely no way. And what's what's usually the magical point to stay at thirty or forty? Thirty eight. Yeah, everyone says like get to forty points, but recently it's been like sort of like thirty five to thirty eight, hasn't it? Can you honestly see them getting another thirty points? Well, can you see them getting another forty points in the next twenty games? That's two points a game. That's that's champions. That's like Premier League winning. Yeah, sort of sort of pace, isn't it? So, yeah, I can't can't see that. I mean, you look at the table and they're realistic rivals because I think Brighton play good football. But I think they're West Brom, Burnley and Fulham are the teams around him who are also struggling for points. I think the other teams around the area will push on. And they're they're far off the mark of them teams. Yeah, I I think I'm still sticking by my original West Brom, West Brom, Fulham and Sheffield United to go down. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, I think I think even even, even Burnley are going to say it. We'll talk about Burnley. I'll tell you what. Let's talk about Burnley now, eh? Um, because this is this is the fourth Oof. fourth consecutive five nil victory for Man City at home against Burnley in the Premier League. Now, it's it's a crazy stat, but Man City just you know some teams just have a lovely relationship with others and yeah. the relationship here is the city and the back of bernie's net it's just a, yeah. it's, a, it's a match made in heaven but yeah the goal the goals came from uh from mares he scored a hat trick uh mendy scored just for half time up with the timer in that again um and then uh and then ferran torres he also scored uh, there was a bit of a comical own goal situation, which was shorts out correctly. Um, but um, other than that, it was just pure city dominance, weren't it, Con? Yeah, we've we've been saying for a few weeks now, like we've been questioning where sit the city of old have gone. Where's the where's the passion? Where's the hunger? Where, where's the pressing? What where, and where are these games where they're sticking four or five past people? And it, honestly, this I know it was, people will say it was only Burnley. But City turned up, man. They were they were different gravy on the day. They were just everything they did came off. No matter what it was, it was it was just perfect. Listen, when when Mendy is scoring a good goal, it's it's a bad day at the office for, if you're the opposition. I thought all the great, goals were good. All it was the a great goals. finish. All, all the goals were class. All the goals were class. Um, Mahrez scored a few few good goals. Uh, I think the first one was a bit of a defensive mishap, but the finish and the, and the composure was still good. But yeah, well, honestly, when City are in that mood, 
I don't think anyone, nobody gets in the way. Like City just steamroll. And they, like, why? Why do they? Why are they not in that mood all the time? Because we know that they can turn it on. And look at the season when they won the title on um, on hundred points. Excuse me. They were relentless, and they turned up like this pretty much every single week. I know you can't do it all the time, but why is there such a gulf at the moment? Because they've, they've just propelled themselves into the top half by winning that game. But this season, they've looked a bit suspect. So they've not been scoring many goals. So where's where's what's been happening? They looked suspect last it? season. They, they, yeah. they're, they're doing the exact same thing. Look, Burnley suits their style of play perfectly. And yeah, they could do this against anyone, I agree. And we've said they can't, they can't get a run of games together. But they started doing this last season. And last season, we all said... The loss, the loss of Vincent Company, plus all the injuries they were getting, is the reason why. I mean, yeah, they can turn up every season, but who are the players who are forcing them to turn up week in, week out? Mm. I still yeah. think the problem's there. Yeah, they beat Burnley 5-0, but will they go and win the next four games in a row convincingly? We're yet to see. History yeah. says in the last two years they won't. So, yeah. I, I, always, I always feel like they, ha- like they perpetually have an injury excuse. Like how many how many years did you hear? Oh well, they are missing company this weekend. Well, they have missed company for the last two months. Even even the last year or two. Well, they have been missing Laporte for for eight months of the season. Well, they have been missing Aguero. What? So you've only got you only got ten players, have you? Mm. No, not the case. We've always questioned some of City's spending and some of the quality of the players they've brought in. Everyone in the Prem does. It. Everyone buys a stinker, mm. but City seems to do it more often than not. And again, I just I don't understand why they rely so heavily on not excuses. I don't mean it like that, but there's always reasons for them. Like, well, like, like the Laporte thing. Like they've said, like Liverpool uh, City didn't lose the title to Liverpool last season because they missed Laporte for a bit. That wasn't yeah. just it. They were they were they were pretty poor from front to back. So let's not use that as an excuse. But I, I don't know. Like, could you be complacent under Pep? I don't know if you could be complacent under Pep. Or is it a case of, like we've said, the, 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 the squad depth quality is so shallow at the minute that you can't really leave out Rodri or Gundogan if they've had a bad game because you've got no one else to play there. Mm. Like, is, is that the like, same with Jesus? I, I, I don't like Jesus. And it's not, again, it's not a United City thing. I just don't think he's great. But when, when Aguero's out injured, who else are you playing there? Who, yeah, who forward, forward-wise, they haven't got enough. And in terms of squad... We, we we have spoken about how good the City squad is, but if you actually dig deep down, is the squad actually no. that good? Or do they have 15, 16, 17 brilliant players that haven't got the 25? Because if you look at every single club, and I'll even add Chef United into it and Wal- uh, and um, West Brom into it, what, what are their kids saying? The kids are decent. You know Man, City's, Man City's kids will always be in and around the their their league, the, the Premier League two, and in and around the FA Youth Cup and stuff. But where are those? Where are those players? Well, why aren't they breaking through? You had Delap get a bit of a game. You had Garcia get a bit of a game. Foden. And Garcia's off anyway, isn't he? When his contract runs. Do you know what I would exactly. say? Maybe it's not depth, depth in quality, right? I I would I think they've got way too many luxury players. L- let me read out their, their list of midfielders they've got registered for the Premier League this season. De Bruyne, attacking, luxury, obviously. Bernardo Silva, very much a luxury, wonderful player. Foden, luxury player. He's not going to do the dirty work for you. Ferran Torres, luxury player. Uh, Rodri, I don't know if he's uh, up to that task to be nah, that, to be. No, no, I'm not, but I'm not saying. 
I like Rodri, but is he naughty enough? Is he going to carry your whole game? Gundogan, he's neither here nor there. He's not incredibly talented defensive. He's not incre- incredibly talented going forward, but he's not bad at either. Um, and then t- I don't even know who Thomas Doyle is, but but th- there is not one person in that midfield that I've just read out that if it was a dogged midfield battle, you'd think, oh well, well he'll he'll help run the midfield. They're they're all, they're all just looking to go forward, because then you look at your forwards and you, and you'll be starting Mahrez and Sterling as well, who are, are just going to want to go forward. They ain't, they ain't tracking back. They're coming home. Aguero, Aguero, Jesus, they're not coming home. And then again, looking at the defenders. Okay, what was the point in that? What was the point in that other than homegrown quarter? If that was if that was what it was for, uh, Garcia, he's dipping. Um, they've got Mendy and Zinchenko both at left back, who both hardly ever play. You've got João Cancelo and Kyle Walker. Why they're both on the books, I don't know. Well, João Cancelo's been playing left back because they can't keep a left back fit. Yeah, exactly. But stop spending fifty million on any fullback that has a half decent season in Portugal, please. Stop. When the, when the fun stops, right stop. Now. Yeah, when the, when the fun stops, stop. That does seem like I just went on one at City, but I, I, it's honestly not just because. I think there's a legitimate reason. Yeah, I don't it. think we have spoke much about Burnley. Um, you know, Sean Dyche. I've, I'm getting similarities in perhaps what we saw at Bournemouth with Eddie Howe. They used to play. I know they play completely different football, but Eddie Howe did a fantastic job in terms of the League One to Premier League to keep them in the in the Premier League for five seasons. I, mean, I think they generated half a billion, Bournemouth did, from just being mm. in the Premier League. But when we talk about Eddie Howe and where he might be at his next club, we all go, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We all think there's quite a, a negative thing surrounding Eddie Howe because things got stale and you all remember yeah. that last season. So could that happen to Sean Dyche? He's done fantastic to keep Burnley playing the same thing year in, year out. But if Sean Dyche gets relegated with Burnley this year... It's going to end the exact same way as it did with Eddie Howe, where people just go, yeah. I'm glad you used that word because I was going to say it has gotten very stale. It's yeah. they've, they've hit the they've hit the peak. They got into the Europa League that time, and then it was kind of like there we should go. Left then should have left then. Just like maybe yeah, Wilder we... should have left Sheffield last year. Here's a, here's a question beautiful. for you. Here's a question for you. Right. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if you think this will have any bearing on it, but it's, it's it's very noticeable every single week, right? The Burnley lineup, very mm. English, mm. not not many dissimilar faces. It's it's very every single person is of white British descent in the starting eleven, pr- pretty pretty much. Um, right, just having just having just Let English. Are we going with this? Oh, oh English, Mark, I thought you were going somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. no it, is, is there reluctance to use English or British players as like a home-based sort of thing? Is that stifling them? Like, where's no, the creativity no. coming from? Right, yes, that's the word, creativity. They play 4-4-2. Two banks of four, two up top. Eh. But the thing is... They need. There's only one game that they've played this season, and I mentioned it. It was at the Chelsea game. It was the Chelsea game, where Sean Dyche made a tactical substitution. They were losing already at that point, but they decided to go with the four-two-three-one. It's the first time he's done it. Every time he plays two strikers, he plays bank of four in midfield. He plays a back four. He won't even think, do you know what, today? I'm just going to play a back three wing backs. Or, t- or on this game, I'm going to play two wide men and a man in behind. 
he, he doesn't do that. It's like he hasn't got that in his locker, which makes me concerned. And like when we, we spoke, we, we spoke about it a couple of times about Sean Dyche for England, which isn't a dumb idea whatsoever. It is not a dumb thing. However, that he's going to have England playing that way as well. If we're moaning at the moment with yeah. with, <laughs> with with Gareth Southgate and we think we've got it bad now and we're still qualifying for tournaments and doing whatever, we're going to have it terrible with Sean Dyche. I just looked at the starting lineup against City, and I'm not even joking. The only player that isn't English, Chris Wood, and he still has a Union Jack in his flag. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, Chris Wood was the only English player, um, non-English player in the starting lineup. I I think that they do need. Look, they've been in the Premier League for a long time. They've been making Premier League money. Okay, they don't spend any money. They yeah. must be rich. Yeah, you know, like they must. Well, have not they're not rich, but yeah, must yeah, no, they're rich. yeah. No, they're, they're rich. rich enough to go back into the championship and then have the money to put them straight back in the Premier League. Well, yeah. and, be, yeah, and, be fav- and be favourites for a number of seasons. That's what well, that's they need. To, they need. To be, they need to be hanging around. Like they've, they've been finishing mid table or just under mid table quite a lot right now. They're not spending any money whatsoever. They're not paying big wages either. They're rich, man. I ain't buying that. They're in the Premier League. You get that Premier League money. So they need to go out there. It's difficult for them to buy a marquee player because who wants to go out and live in in Burnley? No offence to anyone who lives in Burnley. <laughs> but it's not, it's not a much of a pull. You see like when players want to come, come from abroad, they, they will, I want to play for I want to play for Arsenal, I want to play for Tottenham, I want to play for Chelsea. Yeah, if they're in London. They're, yeah, but it's the London oh, alone. Oh, you're right, you're right. It's been a yeah, yeah. fine factor like, in transfers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, even Rabinho. Rabinho thought he was moving to Chelsea, didn't he? Man United. No, he thought he was going to Chelsea. No, he thought he was going to Man United. I'm really happy to sign for uh, sign, sign for Chelsea. I mean, Man, 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 Man City. No, he said he said I'm really too happy to sign for Manchester. He thought he was going to United, and his, his agent basically. Oh, I think that's Chelsea. I want you to do a it's fact not, on it's that. Not, I remember no, it's it not. Clearly. There, 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 there has been players that thought they were going. They did it on Premier League years. Where? 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 I think I don't know. I do things anyway. Um. It's not but, much but, of a pull. Burnley is not much of a pull. So, but they still need to go have a look at, you know, the the second tier in 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 Germany, in Spain, or whatever. If you need to go and look at a, a a slightly lower level team in in Italy or something for a creative player. There are creative players that play in every do, do club all over the world. So then find someone and change your formation up a little bit. Do you think it's obviously you know when you when you play football manager and your club has a club philosophy and it's like you can only sign players between the ages of eighteen and twenty X Y Z. Do you think Burnley literally have a club philosophy where it's like yes. use homegrown talent, use use British talent? Do you actually yes. think it's like part of their? Yeah, I do as well. I, 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 yeah, I do, I do exactly. because there is even even when they do have a have a foreign person, they are still they still look like everybody else Eric, who plays Eric club. Peters. I did have a little look at the Rubinho start, and um, it said, um, it said there was articles for both Chelsea and Man United. So perhaps it was just the English media poking fun at City. We're both right. Okay, yeah, lovely. Right then, um, on that one, it's time. We'll yeah, we'll take a draw. <laughs> no L's knocking around here. It's time for this. What's our Everton? 
We're not going to do a, what our Arsenal thing because we all know they're absolutely terrible. But what we do, <laughs> so there's no point because I know what people will be like. They'll be like, oh, but what are Arsenal? They haven't won in ages. Hey, look, we're talking about Everton right now. Um, Everton nil, Leeds <laughs> one. What 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 are Everton? I thought this was a cracking game of football, man. I, I actually this is probably one of the one of the games I enjoyed watching this this weekend the most. Um, it could have been three three all. It could it could have been everything. Um, I think Leeds looks so good, man. Like just the intensity. Like it looks like they haven't stepped up from the championship. It looks like they've been in the prem forever, man. Like they they are they are going at teams with no fear, no nothing. But they suit like attacking they, teams. They suit attacking yeah, teams. Man. I've seen them like, look very mediocre against like Villa. You know, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's it, they suit the teams who go at them. It suits their game plan perfectly. Everton still they, look good, they, I think. I think Everton yeah, still look are, good. Yeah. But the problem is Everton is there's so many teams trying to break into that top six. It's not just them. So yes, they this might be the best Everton side we've seen in years. But you still need to pick up points even when you're not playing well. And they even played well against Leeds. Calvert yeah. Lewin looks great, but yeah. I thought Hammers had a great game as well. I would say I thought the um, Calvert Lewin got hardly any service yesterday, man. That was that was, that was like the one downfall of Everton's game. They just couldn't get him the ball, and when they were trying to get him the ball, I I, I even tweeted it out like, like what, wide, what, he? I was like, what, what's what's Calvert Lewin done to piss everyone off? Like everyone was fizzing balls at him. They they weren't even <laughs> like knocking him in behind or knocking. They were literally like. You know Takeshi's Castle with the ball bridge where they're like, boom. No, I love they Takeshi's like, Castle. They were literally man. trying. They were trying to get Calvert Lewin with one of those balls. I'm telling you, like it was not one good ball played to him. But and, and do you know what? Literally, what happens within what happens within 45 seconds of kickoff? Pickford comes through across. He's in no man's land and nearly gets done within the first minute. Nearly gets rounded and scored. Then it, then on the fifth minute he drops across again. And do you know what? Everton fans must get sick of this because I'm sick of seeing this geezer, man. I'm sick of seeing him on match of the day dropping clangers. I'm sick of seeing him watching games. I just, I'm hey, sick look, of seeing. Him. I'm, I'm, I'm very good pals with the Blue Boys Network who are doing bloody well on social media. Um, they have a giant following, and they and their whole following can't stand Pickford, man. Good. So, good. like, I, I just hope with his presence. And their team's presence and all their fan base, they can project their voice loud enough. Nothing against Jordan Pitford as a person. He's probably a lovely person. No, it's the way the media betrays it. Just, as a goalkeeper, you know, he, yeah. he's just not he's just not Premier League. He's Premier League standard. He's not at he should be at a club that are getting peppered all the time to make himself could, look good. Like like Sunderland, like where he was before. Could you so, could you imagine if, if he was if he was putting in those sort of performances in goal for United or for Liverpool, the media wouldn't be half as nice to him as, as they are. Like they, they barely scratch the surface of his clangers. But if, if he was playing for a, a more hated club or, uh, do you know what I mean? Like he would get absolutely hounded. He wouldn't be the number one if he was somewhere else. Can you imagine if Everton had Dean Henderson or Sergio Romero between his sticks? That'd be brilliant. Oof, they would be laughing right now. Because yeah. a lot of their goals <laughs> that they've conceded have come from goalkeeping howlers. This one in yep. particular wasn't so much. Rafinha, lovely strike from distance as well. I thought I thought it was I thought it was a really good, really good goal. The game itself, though, was very, very entertaining. And even if that game finished nil-nil, I would turn around and say that is arguably the best nil-nil I have ever seen. 
Uh, but the, do you know what the good thing is? Who didn't score? Oh, Paddy B. Several chances. Wasted several good chances as well. Pa pa Paddy, straight, Paddy B is, is saving our finances a lot right now. Yeah. He, got, he had a goal well, disallowed as well, if I remember. He did. Uh, yeah, he was uh, offside, wasn't he? Someone was offside. Finish, though. It was a good finish. But then the chances he did get to actually score that were it would have been allowed, he fluffed his lines. But it's just nice to see him not scoring. I mean, but he's not out, clinical, like said, but I think you guys were very unfair to say he's a dross player. He he is, I remember how old he is as well. He's, he's 27, he's, he's 28. He's average in the championship, man. The championship, the second tier of English football. Come on. Yeah, he's bang average. Yeah, but if, in you're averaging that, if you're averaging yeah, that, like, what makes you think that you can step up to the Premier League, arguably the best league in the world? And doesn't he have football? eight goals in the Premier League? He's got seven. No, just to brief, <laughs> quickly say something on Pickford. I think the problem is with Pickford. I wanted to kind of do a show on this. You know them players you know nothing about, but their on-field persona makes you kind of have a dislike for him. Like yeah. the, the kind of arrogance and aggression he brings on, like the aggression where he injures players like Van Dyke. Yes, I'm a Liverpool fan. The performances for he England. Went he went there. Uh, yeah. The performances for England. So that makes you kind of not like him. And then he makes clear mistakes and then shouts at his players. And it's like, no, bro, that was you. That was you, he has mate. kind of an arrogance to him and I don't know where it comes from. Um, and then but when he had like, that fight in a nightclub, the media battered him for it. Whether that was his fault or not, there seems to be a lot of vultures around him. Mm. Funny how oh, he yeah. didn't get dropped, though. Hey, Bernard, huh? no. He, no, um, when Pickford got in his little scrap, like he didn't, he didn't get dropped from the national team at the time, did he? Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Mm, Weird yes. that one. Wow, I never um, thought about, about that. Talk about Pickford yeah. and injuries um, to Liverpool players. Um, Liverpool have got a ever-growing injury list. You know, a couple more players being added to that this weekend. Brighton won, Liverpool won. The look, I, I think that. On paper, we all know that Liverpool should be winning this game. But in terms of the performance and the facts that Brighton have done bloody well this season, I think he's getting slept on quite a lot in the media and stuff. This is a very fair result. Very fair result. Jota scored on the hour mark. Um, Pascal Gross um, scored. Yeah, I know from... you're saying that with a big smile on your face. Can you at least pretend yeah. to be neutral for a second there? <laughs> I, I, I'm neutral. Hey, look, I even, <laughs> smiled, I even smiled when we were slating Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm just a smiley you know, person. So, you, you, um, you, have, yeah. you have missed a step there. Like, you have missed a step there. You, no, uh, no, 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 no. I'm just talking about the goals. Just talking about the goals. Okay. <laughs> talking about the goals because um, the goals-wise, this is that 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 that's that. However, you know, this game does go deeper, and there are there is more VAR controversy, and there's more drama as has been throughout the Premier League this season. Two goals disallowed for offside, correctly given, and let's be honest, the penalty was it clear and obvious. So let's start with the. VAR. Let's let, we'll have a little mention about VAR, and then we'll go into the penalty situation. Um, we shared a, a, an image in the WhatsApp group. I should have, I should have, uh, I should have saved it and logged it on because it's something to do with the Dutch FA and what they want to do to oh, eradicate. Yeah, yeah uh, what they want to do oh, to what? eradicate. That's the one I sent you on it. I'll see if I'm. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. see if you find it on the screen. Ed, what do you think about the two goals that were disallowed? Correct decisions. Penalty, correct decision. All correct decisions. I think I want consistency in, in the decisions which, which are being made. 
it's just uh, it's like a, it's like an advert again. It's a, it's not the only advert. We've had a few games like that this year, but this was a perfect advert for how the game has changed because you don't like to see it, but by the laws of the book, they were all the correct decision. It's a hard pill to swallow. It is a hard pill to swallow because it's, it's okay. the way you lose. I want to dig a little bit deeper into that because you said it's the correct decision with the penalty that was given. They went to VAR for it and the correct decision was made. Yeah. So we're happy with that. Was it a clear and obvious <laughs> error in order to get to that position in the first place? If, if we're talking about going to VAR to review the decision in clear and obvious, no. I mean, the manner VAR is being used for is wrong. The mm. purpose of VAR is not filling the needs of when it was brought in. Mm. It is being used in every other way except the reason it was brought in. It was not mm. clear and obvious. We're, 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 we've got to a point where we are zooming and zooming and zooming in on every little decision and slowing it down. And we are in turn making the game a lot slower. But the decisions are correct. I mean, did, did Robertson touch Welbeck? Yes. yes. Did Welbeck go down easily? Yes. yes. But the rule doesn't state he doesn't have to go down like a missile, does he? So I'm, disapp- I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. But mm. it is what it is. But I, I want to put, throw one thing out there. There seems to be a little narrative of VAR is now starting to bite Liverpool where it is uh, seems to have bitten a lot of other teams more frequently. Liverpool feel a bit hurt by this because not in terms of the injuries. They've had eight goals overturned this year eight goals overturned by VAR which is four more than second place and scored like 47 goals in favour of VAR last season so it's sort of no 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 but no but that's (laughs) there's no such thing as roundabouts or or, you know there's there's none of that there's none of that so Liverpool fans if they're barking up on social media I think they are just getting very fed up of it now, Cotton's found, right found that image, which I'm happy about. I'm so, um, just going to lob it on there very, very quickly. So it's all go Dutch. And the Dutch are so damn good at innovating games. And there's another facet to what um, what Holland have done and what they are looking to do going forwards. We will talk about that on another show because um, it will take us well over time. But how VAR could work in the Premier League is, um, you know, is margin of error because they use the lines. We all know that they use the lines, but there is a thickness to these lines. So how it would work and what the area divise are looking to do, they're going against FIFA's orders and they've implemented a 10 centimetre linesman's call or whether it's assistant referees, but that's a different story as well, um, to avoid hassle and discussion to the centimetre. So VAR uses the same crosshair technology, but this time uses the lines that are five centimetres wide. If those lines are shown to be touching, the VAR will not intervene and stick with the decision of the assistant referee, even if the attacker is slightly offside. So, for argument's sake, in the Merseyside derby, uh, where Mane was deemed to be in an offside position, the assistant referee would keep his flag down, or if the lines were touching, the goal would have stood. I I like that idea, and I I, I, I really like that idea, but until until that idea comes in, which it'd be nice to see us implement something like that, until that comes in, I, I can't even be bothered to say it again. If you're a toenail offside, if you're a parking space offside, if your cat has made you fall over and your head has landed offside, 
if you've fallen out of a moving car and you're a millimetre offside, all of these instances, you are offside if you are offside. So, like, it is what it is. And it is, like, everyone's saying it's ruining the game. It's slowing it down. It's slowing it down. I get that. And it isn't as exciting anymore at the minute. And I get that. But if it's offside, it's offside. And just quickly going to the um, the the penalty situation, I honestly nearly had... We did our live watch-along, and I nearly had, like, a seizure. Because some of the stuff I was reading from, like... I think one of the guys like wrote for the Guardian or something, and he was literally like, "Well, yeah, well, if you zo- if you zoom in and, and slow it down a little bit, you can see that he's fouled him." But but it's like, but you've just said it's a foul. Like you can't like it doesn't matter. It wasn't zoomed in that far either. And even in full time, it's full speed. You can see he's volleyed him. Like it just yeah. needed a replay. But he he was literally like, "Well, if you if you want," it was basically a case of, "Well, if you want to have a look at the replay, then yeah, it does look like a foul." And if you want to actually pay attention to the fact that he's kicked him, yeah, then it does look like he's kicked him. And it's like, you can't, your argument can't be, oh, well, you, like, we slow it. Like, it, well, that can't be the argument. Cross the line. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. For, for me, I, everyone knows, and it's been well documented from even back in the day from our first ever show with me and Cotton like, a few couple of years back, is the fact that I have never been an advocate of VAR. I've always been against it. But that penalty decision, for me, is bang on the money. And it is a clear and obvious error. Because the referee missed it. Missed he looked it. at yeah. it and didn't give it. And that is a clear and obvious error that he didn't give it. Because he's kicked. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. What, oh, uh, Welbeck's taken a couple of steps and then gone down. It's a bit exaggerated, isn't it? I couldn't care less. It's a clear and obvious error. He's kicked the bottom of the... Do you know how much that hurts as well? When you get when you get those studs in the bottom of your foot like that. Oh, my God. Because so we like, said maybe well, it would have taken a couple of steps for that to happen. It's a, it's a pen. During, it's during, a clear and obvious error. During the watch on, we did say as well, the thing is, that contact is enough to make him go down. He, he, he yes. has volleyed his foot, right? But if Welbeck doesn't go down, if Welbeck doesn't go down and he carries on playing, there's, there's no way that the VAR official goes, oh, you might want to have a look at that. He's, he's clipped him in the box. Because it would just play on. So he, mm. he it's one of the, we've said this before, he does have to go down there, unfortunately, for them to then review it. Because mm. like I said, there's no way, if they carried on playing, there's no way they go back and look at that. Absolutely no way. But no way. here's another question, because we've, we've touched on this before and we want to talk about officiating in a show soon. How has the referee missed that in the first place? Don't. Or is he, again, is he just being lazy and thinking... No, to, be well, fair, to be fair, I don't... Like, I don't think that was easy to spot. He had a it looks good like view. They, it. it looks like they, but yeah, he had a good view. But it looks like they both there's, tried to get the ball and both missed. There's also no fans in the ground, so you can hear every sound. So you yeah. must have been able to hear the connection. So for me, this, refer- to be fair, when you look at that fast motion, it looks like they both go for the ball and both kick each other in the foot. It's only but when you look at it. It's only when you look missed it. Yeah, but as I just said, it's, it looks like they both just kicked each other in the foot. It's only when you zoom in you realise Robertson's kicked him in the bottom of the foot. But what I want to talk about is when do we eventually lose all forms of contact? I mean, let's say someone takes a corner, you've got eight men in the box and they're all jumping, clashing into each other. The same collisions that happen in the middle of the pitch would be instantly given as a foul. What well, happens when we start we, we really start dissecting every little point of contact? They, they they did that for a bit, like in the corner situation in particular, season 16-17 season, the first three, four weeks, I think six penalties were given. For Jocelyn in the box, and, and then they took it away. Of those, all seventy-four of those penalties were Chris Smalling for shirt pulling. It's very hard to show that the rules of football are flawed. Rules of football are flawed, weren't it? 
They are yeah, because... and, and now VAR is highlighted that, and I don't think there is a fix. There's not a fix for it. How many there times is grey area? There's not. Take it away. Might be able to not touch each other. But it's yeah. not just VAR. How many times have we said, well, if that happened in the middle of a pitch, it's a yellow card and a foul, but then they won't give a penalty for it? Like we've said, that's uh, that isn't even like once a week. There's five or six different instances in a game where if that foul or that shirt pull or that whatever was in a different part of the pitch, it's mm. a different outcome. Shouldn't be. If you pull someone back, whether they're on a counter attack or whatever, it's it's a foul and it's a yellow. It doesn't need to be last man for it to be that cynical that you've pulled someone back. If you're impeding someone and stopping them to get into the ball, it's a foul. You you literally are fouling. That it should be it. It shouldn't be a case of oh, well, he was in the box. Like oh, well, he did have another player covering him. Like it shouldn't be that at all. And that's no. always been the problem way before VAR, unfortunately. Yeah, should we talk about the the most prolific striker in history of mankind? Say Callum Wilson. I was going to say his strike partner, Joe Linton. Crystal Palace nil, Newcastle two. And it just so happened that it was Callum Wilson and Joe Linton who scored the goals in this game. I think this result really flatters Newcastle because this is this is Palace. This game was Palace all for me. Do you know what? Honestly, this this on Friday night. And Chelsea Tottenham bookend my weekend of football, right? And that, that they are both 180 minutes of my life that I will regret. You'll forever. never get back. In no, your I'll never life. get. I'll, I'll never it. get the 90 minutes back, and I will actually regret them. This, at least, this had two goals. But honestly, it was. I, I've been like sticking up for Steve Bruce. Fair play, they got the points. But oh my lord! And do you know what? This is one of those games. If you just look at the stats and you just look at it on paper, Jolington got a goal and an assist. Right before, and when I say before, that's all he did. Before he got his assist or his goal, honestly, it, you you haven't seen a more inept performance as a number nine. <laughs> the guy, the guy's like six two or something, right? And he literally loses every aerial duel. No matter, like he could go up against like Messi and lose a header. He ain't got. He hasn't got a first touch. He's oh, honestly. He just had the, the most torrid, torrid game. And honestly, again, my, my Twitter. It was it was sixty minutes in, and I was literally like, I'm watching a game that is nil nil with Benteke up front for one team and Jolinton up front for the other. Like, what have I done to deserve this? I know, what have I done literally. to deserve this? Like, yeah. You, you, you've, been a, you've been a naughty boy. You're not getting any presents from Santa. Um, well, Ed, have you got anything to add on this game? Uh, no, God, honestly, um, lovely. I really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, then. Um, so, Monday night's fixtures look like this. Uh, West Ham versus um, Aston Villa. That's the evening game. Looking forward to this game. I really am. I think, it's I think that be might be a good game. Very, very special. Especially Villa away from home. West Ham there haven't been bad this season at all either. So, I'm, I'm going to go with a Villa win. Um, I'm going to go with a Villa 2-0 win. Um, Ed? Uh, you know, I think this is going to be uh, 1-0 Aston Villa. Ooh. Cotton. Chris Wells has been in great form lately, but I don't think... 2-1 West Ham. No, I changed my mind. 2-1 Aston Villa. Oh, 2-1 Aston Villa. And then, um, Cotton, if you go first, um, how many goals are Leicester going to score past at Fulham? Four. Four. Um, Ed says three. I, I was say... say three, but... I say five. Why not? Okay, um, well, yeah. Nil, nil written all over it. Nil, yeah. nil written all over it. Here's the Premier League table. Tottenham, look at that. Top of the league. 
Um, Arsenal are in 14th, mate. Um, uh, Tottenham, oh, sorry. Uh, Tottenham, that's fine. That's fine. I know, I, know, I know where I am. I know where we stand. So, yeah, Tottenham, they're top of the league. They had a wonderful time. Four wins on the spin in the Premier League as well. Uh, sorry, four wins on the spin before their draw, I should say. Um, they are level on points with Liverpool, who are both so both on 21. Uh, Chelsea in third on 19 points. And uh, yeah, there's a couple of surprise names up there, if you want to call it that. Southampton, despite their defeat early on today, still remain uh, slightly above of Manchester United, who have still got that game in hand from how the beginning of the season. We'll go third. Can I, can I just say, while we're, while, while we're looking at the Premier League table, we win our game in hand, right? And we're joint third with Chelsea and two points off top for Mr. Crisis Season, sack the manager, doesn't know what he's doing, PE teacher. Like, sack him, mate. Sack him. Terrible. Yeah, and like, just get rid of him. Um, down the bottom um, of the league, um, Sheffield United looking lonely down there. They've played a game oh. more than Fulham and they're three points behind them. They haven't won a game all season. They've literally played 10, um, drawn one and lost nine. Fulham, uh, they play tomorrow, so they've got a game in hand. Um, they could, they could <laughs> leapfrog into 17th place. I can't see it happening. Uh, Burnley with one win, two um, draws and uh, a number of defeats, six defeats. That leaves them on five points. And uh, and Brighton, I feel for Brighton. They're knocking around down there at the bottom at the moment. They're on. They're in 16th place, but they've got 10 points. I honestly believe that they deserve to be on more points. Um, let's have a quick look at the fixtures for next week, game week 11. Uh, it starts on Friday with Aston Villa versus Newcastle. Uh, that's Friday night, 8 o'clock kickoff. Um, the Saturday games are Burnley versus Everton. That's at 12.30. One at 3 o'clock, that's Man City Fulham. Oh, oh my God, that's going to be 14-0. Um, West Ham versus Manchester United. Big, big game. It depends how West Ham get along tomorrow. That's the evening game. And then Chelsea leads. That'll be interesting as well on Saturday night, 8 o'clock. Sunday's games look like this. You've got West Brom versus Crystal Palace at 12 o'clock. Quarter, quarter past two is Sheffield United versus Leicester. Um, Tottenham Arsenal and North London Derby at 6 o'clock. Uh, uh, 6 o'clock at 4.30. And at 7.15 is Liverpool versus Wolves. Now, that will be a very interesting game. We will be live after that for the review show as normal. And then on Monday is Brighton versus Southampton. Some very good games looking about there. Some very, very yeah, good I'm games. I'm looking forward there. to losing to West Ham next Saturday and watching my, my oh, we're only three points off the top uh, nonsense go away real quick. I think you might be all right because Mikel Antonio is still out. So I think you're safe. Great. I think you're safe. Um, Vani could have come in right at the... Never mind, we could do it. We're about to start a Premier League preview show. So let's go <laughs> 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 live. Uh, before we go, as you know, you can follow us on all social media YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Two Up Top Football. And did you know if you put Two Up Top into Google, our name comes up first? Well, yes, it does. Yes, it bloody well does. What about does. Bing? Um, oh, I'll tell you what. We'll test it People out. People don't use Bing. Behave. It's it, 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 it's living that Microsoft Edge life. Leave him alone. Yeah. Um, but edge from, from, yeah, <laughs> edge, edge Hall. Um, from, from Edge Hall down there. The right, let's end this quickly before. From Stephen Cotton over there. Till I up. Myself, Gav Matt. Thank you very much. And good night.